0: Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. And uh, on today's episode, number 25, we're going to do things a bit different. I've got my dad on an interview. And, uh, you know, we're going to discuss small business, how how we got started, how he got started. And uh, also, you know, get into some of the challenges that you face as a small business owner and, uh, you know, planning for retirement when you don't have a company also funding your 401k, or a 401 match and things like that. Um, So we're going to, you know, kind of go through some of the the low points of small business ownership, as well as some of the the things that have been very helpful and beneficial uh, to both of us. And uh, hopefully you can learn something. But, uh, you know, as always, uh, thanks for being here. And please make sure to like, subscribe and uh, share. And, uh, you know, here we go. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Welcome. I I
1: don't know how I did it, but I'm here.
0: Yeah, well, you know, technology.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, we are here. We are recording and, uh, you know, we were going to have a talk with you today about, uh, a bit of your business and how you got started and, um, you know, how you set up for retirement and, uh, you know, I guess all the other questions and things that we come across when we get to talking. All right. So do you want to start with uh, maybe what you do and how you got into it?
1: Well, I uh, got into uh, the ASI business, advertising specialties, Um uh, Basically, it's anything you can put your logo on or print on, T-shirts, hats, cups, mugs, pens, that type of thing. Uh, Grew up in the retail business uh, and learned about manufacturing and designing clothing. Uh, I was a buyer for for Macy's most recently. Then I went to uh, the wholesale side of it selling to department stores, uh, Wear, Christian Dior, those type of things. Um, and quite honestly, I just got tired of traveling eight States. Uh, and quite honestly, my son was born and my, my wife had some medical problems, some issues, and I needed to be home more. So I started my own business. Um, uh, one thing led to another and 30 some odd years later, here I am. Uh, sure. it's, it's been a, it's been good. I I, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. Uh, I've got to see a whole lot of things that a lot of people haven't ha- you know, the average person can't get into. Uh, Air Force One, uh a- NSA, uh, building FBI, secret service buildings, uh, you know, get inside a lot of, uh, companies and government agencies that they obviously, you know, needed, and, uh, in, in used cups or t-shirts or whatever, and get to go in and have a meeting with these people and got to see a behind the scenes kind of thing. It's, uh, it's been, it's, it's been kind of cool. I've I've enjoyed it. I've never had really two days the same, because uh, you never know what's going to happen. Who's going to call? Uh, some of my customers right. had for for thirty years,
0: and great, uh, you know, yeah, it's good. I definitely see uh, some similarities with with owning my own business and the fact that I can uh, you know kind of a little bit more autonomous as to what I want to do on a given basis but I, I think your your job being more sales um, you had a little bit more of that ups and downs with you know month to month um, how did how did that play into uh, starting your own business and you know really re- waiting for that turn to ring uh, on a sale oh that, that
1: that 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 part of it uh, was was nerve wracking because uh, y- you never know when the phone is going to ring. And uh, I'd go out and I've always, you know, I've, I've said, you know, I've gotten calluses on my knuckles from knocking on doors and cold calling. Uh, uh, yet, if you go out and knock on doors, if you go out and, and try to hustle business, you're going to succeed. You're not going to succeed with every. Every door opening, but uh, you know, you got to go out and if you knock on ten doors, something's going to stick. It was nerve-wracking, especially early on when uh, you know business was growing. Uh, My my very first order was uh, uh, for the Navy, uh, and. Didn't really know much about GSA contracts back at that point in time. But uh, the, you know, I got the, this decent-sized Navy contract. And at least it was for me, 30 years ago, it was a decent size, And uh, I got the order, shipped the order. Didn't have any credit at that point in time, so I had to pay for the product up front. And unbeknownst to me at that point in time, uh <laughs> the navy navy took almost 8 months to to pay. uh wasn't anticipating that. um and also that that part was tough waiting for that and and you know uh stretching pennies to make it work. uh the phone rang no matter where I was I I, I ran to the phone. uh again just didn't know who was calling and what they were calling about. uh N- nerve-wracking, but you get through it. And that's, you know, the first year or two was, was that way. Uh, and then as the, uh, as time marches on, uh, it's kind of funny. I've kept, and I, I, I looked at it just the other day. I, I, I've an order, uh, sequence in, uh, of history from the very first order. Uh, and, um, uh, it's, it's amazing how you can see my orders grow, uh, over, over time. Um, uh, I mean, it has since slowly, uh, decreased partially because of the pandemic, partially because I'm just not doing as much as I used to, uh, from a t-shirt cup ASI business. It's, it's been, uh, it's still growing. It's still working. It's just not as, not as uh, large as it used to be. <clears throat> so I, you know, I, I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. It's just, uh, I'm getting to the point where I don't need to, I don't need to hustle as much. I guess I'm not as hungry as I used to be. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What happened? Okay. Sorry. I couldn't hear you there.
0: No, it's fine. Um, I, I don't know if when I go off the anchor app, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, I, I can hear you loud and clear.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. I, I guess you had said that, you know, when the, when the phone used to ring, you you'd run to it. And I, I know that you're, you're not running for much of anything anymore, but <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've always kind of known you to, um, Well, some people let their business own them. And I've always more known you to own the business, Uh, you know, whether it be, you know, obligations with family or anything else, you know, even from the standpoint of, you know, you'd often go to a a sales call and gym shorts and a a printed t shirt. Um, I I often wonder how you you had that balance or if it was just you, you knew you had other obligations or responsibilities to where you know right now you're you you know it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday that uh, you know you had other obligations and you know it wasn't always you know seven to, to five I'm I'm working don't bother me it's kind of you know you had other things and you let yourself tell you when you were going to work uh, I guess I was just Curious as to how that balance came about. How did you identify that from, especially coming from a position where you were on the road 200 days, um, did that kind of slowly change or was that more of a, as needed, I, I worked into, you know, a better routine that fit my life at that point or how did that happen?
1: Well, uh, from when I was, when I was traveling to eight states and yes, I was gone a the last year, I was on the road as have gone 170 some odd days, uh, 700, uh, and I guess uh, family, family obligations, and things that became more important to us as a family were took precedent over over the uh, over over business. Uh, it got to the point where. Uh, you know, if somebody called me when I was first starting, I ran to the phone. Then I realized that, uh, as long as I got back to people within the, by the end of business, the next, you know, the, the end of, if somebody called me at 10 o'clock in the morning, as long as I got back to them by three thirty four four o'clock that same day, or if they called in the afternoon, if I got back to them in the morning, uh, you know, that was sufficient for most of my customers. Uh, I mean, if they called me and say, listen, I need something right away. If that was their voice message, then, you know, I, I, I would obviously get, get back in touch with them. But, uh, I think it got to the point where people were, didn't need answers. You know, they're, they're calling about the price of a t-shirt or how quick can I get a mug or, you know, whatever. Uh, and things became from a personal standpoint more important whether it was uh getting to disappointment or quite honestly uh soccer became a very important part of our lives uh and um uh, i was traveling and, and, and picking up kids for practice and for games and uh, you know that was that was important to me because as a kid, my dad my uncle were on the, the corporate ladder to, you know, to to get higher, higher in the company. And, you know, my dad would go to work at seven o'clock in the morning and, you know, come home at five o'clock, have dinner. And then he would go to his home office and work for another two or three hours. Uh, and then uh, I say that he never missed any of my my, uh, high school or school activities. But the other side of the coin is he was, he was always working and my uncle was the same way he was traveling. And my, my, my two cousins, uh, you know, was, didn't really know their dad that much. And I said, I didn't want to do that with, with, with our family. And, uh, that's why I, the, the, things became more important to take care of family as opposed to business. Business was at a point where it was working, it was growing, and I could, uh, you know, take time off when I needed to. I worked when I had to. Uh, there were some times when I had a, you know, the, it was a, a a school meeting for they wanted church for their high school and they wanted to meet at, you know, the PTA meeting was seven o'clock on a Thursday well so I went to the PTA meeting at seven o'clock until eight or nine o'clock whatever time that was but uh, had to meet with the White House uh, Secret Service people at their office at seven o'clock in the morning because that's when everybody was going to be there so yeah there were there were constraints and times when I had to work but then there were times when I didn't have to or i had uh, uh, other obligations to that were more important to me i guess at that point in time everything is you got to pick and choose what's important to you uh yes having money is is what makes the world go round but the other side of the coin of uh, if it's if you're not enjoying it and if you're not doing things that make you feel good what's the point so I guess that that had a lot to do with, you know, where I was at and uh, doing things from a from a business standpoint and from a personal standpoint.
0: Right, I, I can definitely see the the balance and uh, our businesses differ a little bit. And the fact that you know I'm I'm more on a regular schedule. I have to be these these places on these given days, where yours is more. Uh, sales driven and you know you'd have a meeting here you know maybe once a quarter um, so I guess it's a little bit different between the two business structures that we have um, and the fact that mine is a lot more recurring on uh, a regular basis versus yours is was a bit different as to when an order was needed or whether it be an event or something that they were planning but uh, yeah. I have I've, I've always uh, always thought you enjoyed the process of running your business maybe more so than what you sold um, oh, is that, that
1: yeah uh being able to uh, find i have always uh liked the people come and, and you know they give you uh their logo or give you you know an idea of what you want and then I guess I've always thought it was it was beneficial to my customers for me to find another idea another way of doing it getting the same thing point getting the same vision and try to do it cheaper Uh, case in point uh, uh, just got a a an order from one of your friends. Uh, and he wanted to do a four color print on a shirt and he was doing, uh,
0: four dozen t-shirts, but not a, not
1: a big deal. Uh, and it was a one time going to be using this as a, as a trade show kind of a thing. And it was, they were going to use these shirts Saturday and Sunday, uh, it didn't make sense to me to spend three times the amount of money on a multicolored shirt when it really didn't make any difference. Uh, they just wanted it all look the same. So we did a one color shirt instead of a four color shirt. And the price was, uh, probably close to 60% less. Uh, Probably even more than that by the time you end up doing four, four, four color print and all the artwork and whatnot so uh, and sometimes people don't know what they want they just know that they want something um, and I've used this expression more than more than not they can you know they, they give me a logo and they want to put their logo on a, uh, the side of a, uh, a, an ink pen and uh, you know they want to know how much they can put on it And my standard answer is, we can put the Declaration of Independence on the side of a pen. You're just not going to be able to read it. And uh, you have to look at things and see what's the most important. And people don't people don't see that. Uh, They need they need somebody to guide them. And and that's uh, I've always enjoyed doing that part of it.
0: Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. And uh, I've often thought that any. Any real entrepreneur could probably run most any business um, to some extent. And I kind of feel that you, you would qualify in that realm to, to be able to manage well and also um, really go into anything where, where the business is the challenge. It's not so much what you're selling. It's just to, to create a functional business where someone might be good at one one skill and they want to make that their business. Uh, I definitely think business was just your calling. Do you think that's a a, a fair observation?
1: Yeah, I think it you and the, the people that you are know in business, they you either have the drive or you don't have the drive. I mean, I we all know people who uh, want to just go and collect their paycheck and be done with, with work at the end of the day. It's always been, even when I was starting out, when I was, you know, just got married, it was not a question of what, what does the job entail? It's what else can I do uh, to learn, uh, learn more about the business? One of my, my first business trips to New York during market week Uh, I was the men's and boys buyer for the department store in in Detroit, Michigan, but I went with, after my day and my appointments were done, I met up with a couple of other buyers and I went to, uh, their market to see, uh, what else was going on, whether it was, uh w- the women's coat buyer to see the the coat market the dress market they they're all different but uh, it, it, every time i went to one of these other showrooms or went to another uh uh market week that didn't necessarily involve me you you get something out of it uh going to a trade show uh whether it's You know, going to the auto show once a year, if you do that, or a boat show or a camper show, uh, whether you're showing or just going to look for a new car, uh, if you walk around and you make notice of the different automobiles that are out there, just don't go look at the flashy, you know, new Ford Mustang or the Lamborghini and whatnot. Look at what some of the trends are. Because what you see in a Lamborghini today or the new uh, uh, Mustang uh, GT500 that they're spotlighting, if you look at some of the things that are in those cars or in the camper that you're looking at, it will filter down to everyday uh, you know lower price cars. I mean, growing up in Detroit, Always went to and had all kinds of friends, fin- family, in-laws, and outlaws that worked at Ford or GM. We were—I was exposed to new cars my whole life, and I remember when intermittent windshield wipers became—you know—that was that was the hottest thing since sliced bread. Now, granted, that was fifty years ago, but bottom line is, intermittent windshield wipers are now standard on just about every automobile you buy but it was, that's the kind of things that you make notice of, or I made notice of, uh, and, and it just sort of sits back you relate that now to, you know, your, your landscape business. Uh, and you see, uh, uh, a, a new lawn machine that's out there. Uh, the electric lawn machines that, you know, the, uh, the, well, the EV cars and the battery powered lawnmowers and chainsaws that are out there, you know, they're coming. And if you don't make notice of it and pay attention to it, when it's every day, you're not going to know what's going on. So it, it benefits me. It will ben- benefit anybody to know a little bit about what's going on around them. Uh, I may never buy an, an electric car, but if I don't
0: know about electric cars, uh... <laughs> all that got recorded. Uh, but with, you were finished up talking about uh, the EVs and how lawn equipment was going to um, to electric power, and right. uh, it's it's with the uh, the GIE Expo actually just happened out in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and they were showcasing everyone had a, uh, an electric offering. Uh, even saw the Vanguard engines has a, uh, a lithium power plant and a, a couple of the different machines that were out there. So they are definitely coming. That is not a stretch at all. You know, California has, uh, implemented that. I think by 2025 or 24, they will no longer allow you to buy a gas powered lawn equipment in the state. So, I mean, that's big news out of, out of California, but, uh, I'm sure other people will follow and they've, they've been banning leaf blowers, gas powered leaf blowers in many places for, for a long time now. But, uh, um, I did want to ask you about, um, your ideal customer and what that, uh, that target client would look like. I know in my business, uh, when I started, I was more, um, you know, anyone who came knocking on the door, if they wanted something done, I was going to be the one to do it. I didn't want to turn anything away. I wanted every piece of work that I could get because I guess I was hungry for it. And I guess as a, as I've gotten, um, you know, more established, I'll say I didn't have that need to take on every client. I wanted to take on the ones that fit and that I thought I'd, I'd be a good match for them as a service company and they'd be a good customer to work for. Has, has there been any customers that you either wanted to work for or, you know, were a problem and you, you had to let customers go? Is that something you came across or is that? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. There's uh, a, a couple of ones that, that come to mind as my business was, was growing uh, word of mouth uh, got involved with uh, somebody re- recommended me and it was to a large uh, restaurant chain. Uh, and it was a global at the time. And I still believe they are global uh, chain of, of, of restaurants uh, and they were placing an order with me and, I mean, I, I was excited. I mean, I was looked at profit structure on this order and it was shipping worldwide and it was millions of, of items. Uh, but as time marched on, uh, they were taking up so much of my time uh, in the order process trying to work out all the logistics, work out the Uh, the timelines and pricing and shipping and all the logistics that go along with a huge global order, all my customers that were, that I'd had for five, six, seven years up to this point in time, I was putting them on the back burner because this one big order was superseding and, and, you know, I was going to be going huge. Well, right at one point in time it got to the point where they kept you know try, take off a half a penny take off two pennies uh you know whatever whatever the numbers were and it just got to the point where i said no i'm not doing this anymore i'm neglecting all of my all of my other customers and i i walked away from a huge huge deal um yeah. and they didn't understand it but it was one of those situations where I just didn't want to deal with it anymore and and had smaller customers too, who, uh, either, uh, don't know what they want or don't want to hear, uh, you know, different ideas and, uh, you know, enough, you know, if, 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 if if it doesn't fit, you know, They,
0: they ask for your expert opinion and then don't want to hear the answer sort of deal.
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, this is, you know, what you should do. This is what you could do. And uh, they go the opposite way or, uh, you know, just don't want to hear what, what's going on in the market. Uh, you know, and why why beat yourself up? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't want to walk away from business, especially early on. Like, like you said, I mean... I, I ran and did not want to give away any order, but sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Uh, and if it doesn't make sense, you need to be smart enough to, to walk away from it. Because if you're, you're in business to make money, I get that. And everybody, the the profit margins, you need to figure out how much money you need to make to uh, keep, keep the doors open. And, and I have used the same profit structure for 30 some odd years, whether you were buying a dozen shirts or whether you were buying 5,000 dozen shirts, it's, it's always been the, the, the numbers are going to change because of obviously the, the, the bigger, the number, the, the, the cheaper, the price, because if I can get it cheaper, I sell it cheaper. Uh, and, uh, but I've always used the same profit margins. Uh, and it's always been, I keep tabs on, on what the internet's t-shirt people are doing. I keep tabs on what other local shirts and, and ASI shirts, uh, companies are doing. And I've always, uh, I've always been cheaper than them. I've tried to be cheaper than them, uh, and that that's what's driven my business. And if they, people don't want to hear it, uh, that's fine. I'll walk away.
0: That profit margin that you were looking for, was that uh, just based off other people's prices and you tried to go a bit under that to where, you know, as a single member company, you could do a bit better and have less overhead or was that. Um,
1: well, uh, all of those things, the, plus the fact of, of, being involved at a department store, uh, from a retail level, uh, you got to know how much the lights cost at the store to run. You got to figure out how much your you know, the, the store needs to make, uh, and from a manufacturing standpoint, the same thing holds true. You know, you need to put in R and D. You need to figure out, uh, uh, my, 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 the history of me has, has been from uh, actually two or three different sides pieces of the puzzle. Uh, and I guess I got my, my profit structures from, from the retail side, from the wholesale side, and then just knowing how much my, my, my personal, you know the house mortgage was, how much it cost to, to drive a car from point A to point B and uh be a little, try to look at the market and see what be a little bit less than the guy across the street and then after i got some time under my belt i'm also selling my knowledge and my expertise as to how to get things done uh so you got to right. take that in consideration uh
0: yeah, definitely would be nice for another company to work with one person who can handle the the whole job and not have fifteen hands there, fifteen people they have to talk to uh, in order to get an answer. Uh, so from that regard, I can I can definitely relate to having one person to handle the project and uh, and be a point of contact and be at the job every day. I can certainly relate to that. But now, when when you did go out on your own, did you? uh plan start planning for retirement or investing there was that kind of in your um, uh, mindset at that point to to look to the future when you weren't going to have um you know that stable um regular income that you had before well
1: is grew up in a uh, savings environment the way that my my parents saved Uh, and when I, we got married the way that my wife and I both saved, uh, it was a situation back then it was U S savings bonds. Uh, but 401s started coming into play and, uh, retirement started to come into play. And I would make a point out of, uh, being, when I was traveling being home on Fridays because that's when I paid bills. That's when I did the house financing. That's when I paid company bills. And I made a point back then. Uh, if I had $500 in a checking account and I paid all my bills, had money in the pocket. And if I had 20 bucks left over, if I had $5 left over, whatever that number was, sometimes it was $150 on Fridays. I would always put that money into stocks. Uh, And I guess I was dollar cost averaging way back before I knew what the hell I was doing. I just knew I had extra money and put it into the stock market uh, and the stock market over time uh, <laughs> has been, has been good for us. Uh, yeah. There's been ups, there's downs, but that's, that's the stock market. But if you keep it in for any length of time, uh, it, it will pay off. Uh, I don't right. know. If, I don't know if I should talk about the one <laughs> the one stock that we just did. Is that something we should talk about on this or not?
0: Um, what? Home Depot? What yes. are we talking about? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Home Depot stock.
0: Uh, sure. I mean, I brought it up before on here and it's, it's your story. You shouldn't be able to tell it. I think.
1: Uh, well, I, I, I bought Home Depot stock, have owned Home Depot stock for a long time. Since and...
0: what price?
1: I I own all of my stock at $23.50. And yeah. <laughs> the last I like looked Home today Depot. Home Depot is at 362 364 something like that.
0: 36536.
1: So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess that's
0: pretty good returns.
1: Yeah, now granted that's 25 30 years old, but right. it's it's money that I guess uh, Getting back, you're, you're talking about where was my mindset for, for savings and, and retirement. It was back then I had, instead of going out and buying a new uh, CD player at the time, I listened to the radio and I took that money that the CD player was and I put it in the stocks. Uh, uh, I so
0: kind of kind of similar I had talked about. If I was going to buy a CD player, I'd have to match the money and put that into stocks. So we, we kind of had a similar mindset yeah. there, but I was still buying the CD player.
1: Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, but you're considerably younger than me and <laughs> things, things were different, I guess, for yeah. for your generation and, and and certainly for your grandparents and my parents' situation. You know, right. things were different. Um, and on and, and a little personal note i i'll bring up uh and uh, you i'm not sitting in front of you but i'm sure you're going to get a smirk on your face when you were a junior in high school uh we drove up from maryland to detroit to visit grandmas and grandpas and whatnot and when we were up there uh it was when ford was changing the ford Taurus over to the ford Fusion. And Ford Corporate cha- called in anybody who had an exec car, who had a Taurus or a Mercury Sable. They wanted to get the new Fusion, and uh, I forget what the
0: what the Mercury
1: counterpart was.
0: I don't recall either. And, anyway, it's it's irrelevant, but yeah, Mercury is so, not a thing.
1: Yeah, uh, but. The Ford dealers were swamped with execs, uh, company uh, Tauruses and Mercury Sables, and they were giving them away. And we went up there specifically to look for a vehicle. And we found, and I didn't know this at the time, but when we got up there, uh, I got a Taurus that was three, four months old that had, it didn't have 3,000 miles on it. And uh, we bought it because I was looking for a new car. And I bought the car for like $9,000, $9,500, something like that. And we were going up there. We were thinking, well, maybe I'll get a Lincoln. Maybe I'll get, you know, whatever car it was. And and I'm sure you remember, you said, well, why didn't you get the Lincoln? And my comment to you was... uh, I, oh, I remember. I I, I got this Taurus, and you're a junior in high school. Now we had saved for college, but at that point in time, we didn't know where you were going. And uh, I said I could buy this Taurus, and not it not cost me anything. I mean, right. it, it was you know I didn't have to to sell stock and go in debt to 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 pay for this thing, as you know, not knowing what, what school you were going to and if we had enough money saved up for your college. So we, di- we did that. Uh,
0: you so, know, so, uh, your mentality was to not take on any debt, especially, I think, especially in a small business household, that's kind of how I was raised, was not to take on any debt that you didn't know exactly. where you're to pay for it, uh, especially like in, in the lawn care business. I mean, it was, you know, until I got into snow work, it was always, you know, make sure you got enough to survive for four or five months until you got more money rolling back in. You know, you might find some work, but it right. wasn't always going to be that steady stream. Uh, and I think, you know, your your business might not have been the same, but it was cyclical in some regard. You know, you had the you know, back-to-school orders of uh, T-shirts and gym uniforms, things like that. But, you know, it definitely more relatable to, you know, not take
1: oh. on that. Absolutely. I mean, I know historically I've been able to not do anything from middle of November to the end of January. You know, that was, that was my winter. That was the time when most people did not buy anything just because right. uh, they would buy it. They would buy it end of October, first part of November, for uh for christmas gifts for office parties calendars you know that they hand out the you know first of the year but then come come christmas time people are worried about their office parties they're worried about you know whatever bills they've got they they would not buy anything for me so yeah to me debt uh uh is something that did not have when i was a kid i mean my, my parents, I'm trying to think when their last house payment was, uh, probably in my father bought a, a new 1966 Pontiac and he paid cash for it. Uh, why? Cause he didn't want a car payment.
0: Uh, 41 at the time.
1: Um, uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, uh, My mom and I, our our house payment, we haven't had a house payment. I'm 60, soon to be 68 years old. I haven't had a house payment in 20 years. haven't had a car payment. The last car payment I had was 1981 Nissan Maxima, 82 Nissan Maxima. And that was a lease payment because the accountant said I needed tax write-offs. Well...
0: Because you were driving too much. Because
1: I was driving too much. Yeah, I was putting on... (laughs) uh oh hell a hundred thousand miles a year driving. Uh, and he said I need a tax write off but I, I hated we we both hated having a lease payment and not owning a car. So yeah I I, I will save up uh, you know in a in a pile of change or a pile of money uh, to pay for the new couch or to pay for the new lawnmower or whatever you needed. Uh, you know, like things, obviously things have changed in the sense of nobody, not, not nobody, but most people don't pay cash for anything anymore. It's all digital and debit cards and whatever, but, uh, Thanks that's too. how it was raised and that's, you know, yep. don't, if you don't have it, don't spend it, I guess is, is a good,
0: Uh, reality Uh, it's a good way to to not go broke
1: well yeah and i mean the other thing too is when you do have profit when you do have money in your pocket invest it whether you invest in it in your company and i know you you know you're always buying uh, a a new vehicle or a new piece of equipment getting rid of your old equipment Uh, yeah we've
0: We've traveled from state to state a little bit trying to buy <laughs> new stuff too. And you're not the only one driving out of state to buy a car.
1: You know, yeah. Been there, done wow. that. Um, yeah. You know, so it's it, it, I, from a, from a financial standpoint. And you don't have to own your own business to do this. I mean, you just need to quit paying debt. Uh, get out of credit card debt, get out of uh mortgage car payments it just it 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 costs you money and the more you can borrow the more you or the more you borrow the deeper the, the hole gets uh if, if you never pay off your the principal you'll you'll never get out of debt and yes it is hard but uh, i I think one of the best things you can do is keep your credit score high uh, yeah,
0: even and, if you don't want to use it
1: Even if you don't want to use it, keep your credit score high because, you know, that relates to if you're going to buy a house, your mortgage payment, your your car insurance, uh, house insurance. It all relates to your credit history and uh, be consistent. Uh, Don't go out to go. Don't go out to dinner tonight if your if your bills are due. Uh, Right. Going out to dinner go doing fun stuff like that becomes a a reward as opposed to uh, a gimme you may want right. to go out to dinner, but you don't need to go out to dinner you need to pay your house payment you need to pay your car payment you need to pay whatever uh the electric bill to you know to go forward
0: okay. Well, very good. Um, I, th- I think that about covers up our time. We're going to get cut off here again shortly. But uh, any uh, any final thoughts? Is that pretty much it? Stay out of debt.
1: Yeah, stay Eat. out of debt. Invest, you know, even even if you can uh, invest fifteen dollars a week, uh, you know, like your one of your your last reports or last uh, shows had, you know, how you can with twenty seven dollars a day will do for you. You know, it
0: it all adds up. It certainly does. Um, You know, but like like you kind of alluded to, we're both small, single uh, employee companies. You know, we're not, um, you know, hundreds of employees or anything crazy that, uh, you know, is unobtainable for most. This isn't um, kind of a talk with people who have, you know these ginormous companies we both are are very small single entity like i said and you know it is it is obtainable there is uh some definite you know dedication to saving and investing and planning but uh it definitely is an obtainable goal for for anyone who wants to uh commit to it i'll say you know when you, you gotta really- want- exactly Exactly. If you do that and you start putting that 15 to 20% away um, in savings, you know, when, when you start seeing that growth snowball and the compounding of uh, your, your returns, it'll, uh, it'll definitely be worth it. And, uh, you know, but this has been fun and, uh, you know, hopefully we don't have too much editing editing to do on some of these little hiccups that we had on here. And next time, I think we'll have to uh, record live and not over the phone. But um, thanks for joining me, and uh, I guess I'll talk to you later.
1: alrighty have a good day. Bye bye. All right,
0: take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on eTrade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.